0: Habits are who we are, and we get to choose every day who that is. What's remarkable about these women is that their habits are changing the world. Hi, and welcome to Habits, the Good, the Bad, and the Holy. I'm Molly, and I'm sitting down every week with Adorers of the Blood of Christ religious sisters to hear their stories and learn how habits have become more than a symbol for their vocation. They've become the means to which they change lives. Hi, welcome back. Today, we are talking with Sister Patty Owens. Uh, Patty, thanks so much for coming and sitting with us. You're welcome. I'm glad to be here. So I'm excited to talk to you. Um, you're one of the sisters I didn't get to meet on my tour de convent, which is what I call. Um, when I first started at Adors, I went around to all the centers mm-hmm. and, and met sisters, but you weren't one of them. And so I always enjoy meeting. uh I say new sisters, obviously Mm -hmm. you've been a sister for a while. So new may be the wrong word, but sisters that I haven't met before. Um, And one of the reasons is because you don't live in the center Mm -hmm. here. So can um, a lot of people assume that all sisters kind of live dorm style in convents, uh, you know, kind of the sound of music is what they keep referencing to Mm -hmm. me. So can you talk a little bit about... um, what it's like to live in community in a setup that isn't I think what people traditionally have in their minds of a living in community looks like because you live in a house with other sisters yeah yeah so obviously that's definitely not a dorm you guys live together mm-hmm. the same way that any other normal person would live with roommates so can you talk about um kind of There's always a decision, you know, are you going to live in community in the big center or are you going to live in community in smaller groups? Can you kind of talk about what that process looks like and why someone would live either in the center or why they would live out with with a group of women uh, more in the community, I guess? Yes. Well,
1: um, when I think of sisters living at the Wichita Center, Mm -hmm. I think of sisters who have entered retirement or, mm-hmm. or maybe some pre-retirement and that's generally the population that's, right. that's here um, so for many many years when there were many more of us and ap- after uh, the Vatican II Council mm-hmm. uh, there were a lot of changes in how sisters lived together mm-hmm. and that's uh I think when a lot of more houses in independent houses developed mm-hmm. for live sisters living together and so uh for most of my religious life I've lived in what we call small local communities. Yeah and the particular community that I live in now is rather unique because uh, there's three sisters part of this mm-hmm. this house that I live in, and it's just a residential house, although it's been designated a convent house for many years. Right. But it looks like a regular house that any family might live in. Yeah. And And... Um, so the but the house that I live in has also been designated as a hospitality spot for the Newman University students. Okay. And it's called The Landing. Mm-hmm. And so it it was a intentional decision for three of us sisters to decide to live in in this house that is also the hospitality place for the Newman students because we what we've done is opened up the first floor and the basement for students to use uh, when they would like to do that. And we sisters live upstairs. Now, it's also uh, unique because sister one of the sisters is... Um, part of the well, I'd say part of our local community part of our all that we do except she doesn't sleep there because she helps take care of her mother who's very up in years
0: mm-hmm.
1: so she will come and join us for prayers we have meals together and she helps out with uh, activities with the students
0: yeah
1: but um so the th- of the th- of the three of us two of us live mm-hmm. in the house, so sometimes there's students downstairs and they're having a great time and lots of laughter and energy, which is yeah. always refreshing mm-hmm. for us to hear and um so so the it was it's it's a ministry in our house so to to speak
0: um so you mentioned the hospitality suite which is something like you said really unique and um really wonderful about uh what the Adorers are doing can you talk about why a student would come and stay with you um and and obviously you know the Adorers founded newman so Mm -hmm. we are part of the heartbeat of that community um and this is a way to continue uh engaging students in a in a a new and different way, but why would, why would they come and stay with you? Um, What kind of experiences do they have when they come and stay with you?
1: Well, they don't really stay there. They just, they will use it for an, an uh, event that they might be having. Mm -hmm. Like uh, they go to the campus ministry office. That's the system we have worked out and they will Mm -hmm. check it out for an evening and they might come because their um, club is having a bake sale or a food, a food sale event the next day, and they right. want to prepare. So we often uh, have international students coming, and they will prepare their own cuisine and eat it there.
0: Yeah.
1: We have um, other clubs on campus that, just like the – Environment that we have, mm-hmm. uh, so they come and have their meeting. We also have a spaghetti night once a month, all you can eat spaghetti night for the for the students, and so they come and uh, have spaghetti, and then we have a short program after that mm-hmm. on some topic that might be of interest to them with a spiritual. Right, Uh, bent to it yeah
0: so um there's been this uh kind of swelling of interest about a project called nuns and nuns n-u-n-s and n-o-n-e-s uh and this sounds um Mm. along the same vein so nuns and nuns was started um as a dialogue a way to open conversations about people not about with people in religious life and people who um, either don't identify with a specific religion or um, identify as non-religious and starting conversations and dialogues between um, these groups of people, you and sister Jana and sister Betty, um, the women that you live with, you all do the same thing. You, you really open up your home to, uh, students regardless of religious affiliation, regardless of who they are, or where they come from, and open your house up to them uh, you know for hospitality as you phrased it for dinner and for conversation. What is that like? What fulfillment has that brought to your life? Well,
1: to to encounter young people that are really eager to learn and that are, Courteous and respectful and of one another and of, of us, that's also really satisfying to see.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, we don't always get into really get a chance to talk to them more closely or uh, to get to know them real well, Mm -hmm. but we do have a certain handful that seem to want to come back every month for the spaghetti dinner.
0: Yes, definitely. (laughs) So, um, you talked a little bit about, you know, what you do after work, spaghetti dinners and hosting students, but, uh, what is your actual ministry during the day? Well,
1: uh, it's varied at the moment uh I have a, a nursing background okay uh, but um, right now I help with driving the older sisters here at the Wichita Center to mm-hmm. their doctor appointments and serve as an advocate of sorts with hearing mm-hmm. with, Asking questions of the doctor that maybe they didn't think of mm-hmm. or hearing the doctor's explanations and then how, you know, repeating that back to see if there's an understanding. And uh, it's just that's an enjoyable yeah. thing for me to, to be with our older sisters one on one like that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, Edwina had done a similar thing. Sister Edwina, who we talked um, to on a, another episode, had done a similar thing up in Columbia, Pennsylvania, and also talked about how fulfilling that was for her to get to help um, so readily in a community that had given, um, you know, so much to her. So mm-hmm. it seems to be a common theme with she calls it chauffeuring, yeah. um, being a chauffeur. So mm-hmm. uh, that seems to be a common theme. You mentioned you had a nursing background. Did you use that as a ministry earlier in life?
1: Yes, I I did for 18 years. What kind of nursing did you do? Um, Most, all of it was adult medical, medical surgical. Okay. In hospitals or clinics or home care or, um, yeah, those three areas. Yeah. And um, that you know i yeah. i mean I, once a nurse always, a, always nurse. a nurse so i i still carry that in me that mm-hmm. just um and yeah. it, always an interest in health and mm-hmm. um yeah
0: and you uh were called recently to use your nursing duties with the guests staying at our house so we've talked on multiple different podcasts about um the asylum seekers we have staying at our facility in wichita and um the brand new spanking baby Mm -hmm. that has shown up and you got to go up and um the mom was concerned that the baby had a sore throat and you got to go play nurse again
1: Yes. Well, she ended up having a cold, but mm-hmm. still, yeah. And I had to consult another nurse or two because I did, have never done pediatrics. Yep. And I haven't had children, so <laughs> I had to kind of see how to treat a congested nose and mm-hmm. uh, and just, but got all the supplies together and got it taken care of.
0: <laughs> you are. Especially um, from a podcast we've done. You're one of the younger sisters that we've gotten to speak mm-hmm. with. Um, a lot of orders, ours included, is becoming uh, older in uh, average age. Can you talk a little bit about how you came to religious life? Um As a younger woman, we've listened to a lot of sisters talk about how when they were very young, they entered uh, the convent to go to school and just stayed with it all through. Mm -hmm. Was that similar to how you uh, came to Religious Life or was it different? Uh,
1: It was different. Um, I was taught by the adorers in grade school, high school and two years of college. Um. And I I never had what some I've heard some sisters say is a favorite sister right. or a, maybe a sister that they became friends with. That what that wasn't the case for me. But um, I I think that having been with the adorers as long as I was in my education must have had some influence without me knowing it mm-hmm. because, because I, I often say I did some convent shopping before I made, did made the decision.
0: And so can you talk a little bit about that? Because I think most people think, especially if they haven't been around Catholic life, mm-hmm. that a nuns, a nuns, a nun. Mm-hmm. the um, orders are something that's new to them. Yeah. So can you talk about, you know, why you chose the Adorers and, and even just the differences between orders and how you found one that was a right fit for you? yeah well i I know I
1: uh, traveled a little bit of a distance to visit the Sisters of Charity of Leavenworth and the Ursuline sisters and uh, I had um, a great aunt who was in the S- Sisters of Saint Joseph and um, so I spent time visiting with with them, I think I spent a weekend with the Sisters of Saint Joseph. I spent maybe more than a weekend with the Adorers, and somehow it—I just came back to the um, the fact that, or the realization or understanding. I'm not sure. It's. Always hard to articulate. No, vocation. that's okay.
0: Kind of an—it's an instinct of sort.
1: Yeah, that because Jesus died and and gave his life and gave all of himself, mm-hmm. uh, all of his his—I mean, all of his blood. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he literally his blood died. Is yeah. That that total gift of self and that degree of love for us um, is really what drew me. It, it was as simple as that, really. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that just and then I, I also liked the adorers because they were forward thinking.
0: Yes, very much so.
1: And that, interestingly, was. Um, different in a sense from some of the upbringing in my family, which, Mm uh, tended to be a little bit more traditional, Mm -hmm. but, you know, there was something in me that was looking for that, Mm -hmm. that that forward looking vantage.
0: Uh, was your family supportive of you becoming a sister? Were they surprised? What kind of reaction did they have? Uh, well,
1: they might've, my my mom and dad might've been a little surprised, but happy. Yeah. Yeah. Proud. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, so how long have you been in a Well, 42,
1: almost 42 years. I mean, from the time I entered.
0: Right. And when did you take final vows?
1: 1986.
0: So you worked as many years for a nurse and have now stepped into a different caretaker role. Um, yeah, it's, it's clear that caretaking is something that is really ingrained in who you are as a person, mm-hmm. uh, because it's been in every role that you've mm-hmm. held in your adult life. So what do you think it is about you, um, that gained so much fulfillment from that? Do you think it is, um, a calling from God? Do you think it's just a part of your personality? You know, what kind of, keeps bringing you back to those roles.
1: Yeah, it must be part of my personality. And somehow, I mean, I'm the oldest daughter. I don't know if that has anything to do. So, with
0: yeah, that. even in your youth, you were taking care of, mm-hmm. of younger siblings.
1: Yeah. And I i just find it, there's a, a satisfaction, a, a joy um, of helping a person uh, feel com- more comfortable with something uh, whether that be something physical taking care of something physical or helping them understand something um, there's a way that I feel I'm connecting on a on a level that's that's maybe well, I don't know if it's, I can say it's deeper than a mathematician, or I mean, everybody gets mm-hmm. there's just a, a sense of connecting with the person yeah. that I sense somehow. Yeah.
0: So, there's one question we ask everyone that comes on the podcast. Uh, the podcast name, of course, is Habits. Our daily habits make us who we are. Uh, what would you say is your best habit?
1: <laughs> My best habit. Hmm, that's a good question. Thank you. Thank you. One, th- one. Uh, you said a good habit. Hmm. Well, I think this is a good habit. When I get in the car, I have a a prayer that I say that I that one of the sisters taught me early on in my religious life, and I just took it to my memory. Yep. And I say one of two different prayers, and. Sometimes I also say another prayer that I've taken to memory that is um, offering uh, offering the day. Mm. God offers me each day, right? And I offer the day back, and it it has mm-hmm. you know some very. I mean, it's it's a one minute prayer, I suppose. But I uh, sometimes even as I start driving somewhere and then say that one too so those are I think good habits
0: yeah and what would you say your worst habit is
1: oh no (laughs) uh eating too many sweets
0: yeah that's definitely a weakness of mine as well (laughs) Uh, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to come sit with me I really enjoyed hearing about your life and stories so thank you so much for coming on the podcast you're welcome thank you Molly thanks for joining us for show notes and behind the scenes check out our website adorers.org Habits is brought to you by the Adorers of the Blood of Christ US Region co-produced by Cheryl Wittenauer, Lori Benj and Molly McKinstry edited by Molly McKinstry thanks we'll see you all next week